terwijl ons so wacht vir die, oh, ons is klaar, is ons klaar online. Ek het, uh, ek het gedoog, ons wacht nog so rekkie, maar net vir die van julle wat niet is by ons vir oogend, baie welkom, en ek wil net noem dat um, ons die eerste zondag van elke maand is gewoonlijke Engelse dienst, en ons het nog nie, ons het nog nie iets gekry om te help met die vertaling nie, maar ons sal, ons sal werk daar. Maar uh, vir oogend is ons, is ons dienst dan in Engels. So this morning I want to talk to you about faith and hope. Faith and hope. But before we start with the, with the message, let us just bow our hearts in prayer. Our Father, we come to you this morning in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what an honor and a privilege it is to be in your presence this morning. Father, we know that you are here this morning. We know that your spirit is within us and that your spirit is upon us. And therefore, we want to honor you in this, in this morning and in, in this message that we give. And Lord, I ask you this morning that you will guide me through your Holy Spirit so that we will deliver the truth of your word. Father, I ask you that you will protect each, and one, each one of us And I pray, Lord, according to Zechariah 2 verse 5, that you will place a wall of fire around us to protect us from the enemy. And this morning, with this word, with our voices, we want to honor you in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So as I said, the the theme for this morning is, is faith and hope. Earlier this week, I was in a discussion with somebody, and we were talking about hope, specifically hope. And during the discussion, I said to the person, I, you know, I think it might be a good idea just to talk a little bit about hope. And when I started to prepare this message, I realized, but you cannot just talk about hope alone. If, if we don't talk about hope and faith, we will miss the whole process. We will miss the understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. And therefore, I decided to talk to you about faith and hope this morning. And the reason why I am talking to you about faith and hope is because you can't separate the two from one another. They are interlinked. And one of the key things that I think about faith and hope is that specifically faith, we've got a, a fairly good understanding of what faith means, but I think we don't have a very good understanding of what hope really means. Because when I listen to people and when t- people talk to me about hope, I can clearly hear that they're not talking to the, about the hope that is, that is described for us in the Bible. And I thought, well, it's a great idea this morning and it's a great uh, um, opportunity to actually talk a little bit about it so that we can have a clearer understanding of what the meaning of hope really is. So what do we see with regards to faith and hope? Faith and hope forms part of the cornerstone of our belief system. And sometimes we confuse the two principles because they are so closely related to one another. So when we look at the definition of faith and hope in the online dictionary, we see that faith, the definition of faith, it says, and this is the online dictionary, you can just go on the internet and you can go and type in the word faith or definition of faith and it comes up as the online dictionary and it says, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. A strong belief in the doctrines of a religion based on a spiritual conviction rather than proof. 
So, so what they're saying is that we are, we, when we have faith, we believe in something that cannot be proved. I don't agree with that. You know, we talk about God, and I'm going to mention that a little bit later, and people say, but you can't prove God. Yes, I can. I don't have to see Him to be able to prove Him. Of course I can prove Him. So what is hope then? What do they say hope is? And they say hope is a feeling, uh, a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen, a feeling of trust. And I don't fully agree with that either. What they say is, so what they're saying here is that, you know, hope is something that I wish for. <laughs> That's not what the Bible says hope is. It's not something that I wish for. It's something that I absolutely trust in, and we're going to discuss this this morning. Now, what I did is just to make sure, you know, that, that the online dictionary is, dictionary is not too far off, I went and I had a look at the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And it gives a similar definition to both of these words. So it is in line with what the online dictionary actually says as well. So we can see that if you look at faith and hope, there's a distinct difference between faith and hope, although they are actually interlinked with one another. There's a, there's a, you can combine the two words into very similar meanings when you go and you look at the, the true definition of the words, and we'll get to the true definition of both of those words. So what we understand from this definition is that faith is confidence, listen carefully, faith is confidence or trust in a person or a thing. Hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation or a desire. Like Sonia and I, we've been desiring and hoping that we could go on holiday today. And, uh, well, it actually, it actually happened, so we are leaving just now, and we are going on holiday. It's a long drive, but we're looking forward to it. When we look at faith, faith says that it, it is true right now. And hope says, in the future, it could be true. And I'm still talking about the secular definition of hope here. So I'm going to explain this in biblical terms, what faith and hope really is. So at the moment, I'm just talking to you about the secular definition of it, and I don't fully agree. It's not far off, but I'm not, I don't fully agree with what they actually say. Because I don't believe that it fully describes biblical or the biblical definition of what faith and hope really is. So we see this connection in the Bible. And I think the verse that is quoted the most when we talk about faith and hope is, must be Hebrews 11 verse 1. And what does Hebrews 11 verse 1 says? I'm going to quote 11 verse 1 and 2 to you. It says, now faith is the substance. Now I added some words there because we need to understand what this, this word substance really means. When we look at the word substance, it means a foundation, confidence, firm trust and assurance. So what we can say there, it's, it, we can say, now faith is the foundation, the confidence, the firm trust, and the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And who are the elders that they are talking about here? 
Who's Paul writing about when he says the elders? And now if you just go and you read the rest of Hebrews 11, you will see we, are, they, we call them the faith heroes of the Old Testament. You know, it is, it is sometimes said, you know, that there's a big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I don't know where people get that because there's actually absolutely no difference between the Old and the New Testament. Because it talks about our Savior. It talks about Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's what the Old Testament talks about. It refers to Him. The pattern is all around what He came to do for us. And therefore, you cannot separate the Old Testament and the New Testament from one another, just like you cannot separate faith and hope from one another. And sometimes I say, yeah, but you know, in the Bible, people were saved because they kept the, the law. I don't know where they get that because that is not true. And if you read about Hebrews 11 or the whole of Hebrews 11 and you read about the faith heroes, you will see that every time it said that so-and-so, it starts with Abel and Abel by faith and Enoch by faith and Noah by faith and Abraham by faith, etc., etc., etc. It never says because they kept the law. It said by faith. By faith. It's exactly the same for us, for you and I today, because we've got to have faith and hope. Faith and hope. And when we read it, Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 2, we see, you know, that is the link between faith and hope. And therefore we know that faith and hope are both needed for our success and our victory while we are living here on earth. It is for now, both of them. The one is not for now and the other one for the future. Both of them are needed for now, for this time we are living in right now. Hope, hope, it says speaks of the future and faith speaks for the now in life. But it's not really true because we need them both right now. The problem is that the true meaning and the true definition and the true understanding of faith and hope have changed over time. It's like many things in the Bible that is, that is, uh, that, that is taught to us in the, in the Bible have changed over time. The Bible's never changed, but we have changed. We think it means something completely different to what God intended it to be. But God never changes. He has never changed, and He will never change, because that is what the, the Scriptures tell us. So when we look at it from biblical terms, we see that there's a, a slight difference uh, from the secular definition of hope and faith, and I hope that, that this morning I will be able to clarify that for you. Now, faith has been used to, to represent different religions or different denominations even. And sometimes when you listen to somebody or when they talk to you and they say to you, you know, what is your faith? People would answer that they belong to a certain denomination, you know, they would say, I'm either uh, Anglican or I'm Methodist or, or I'm charismatic. That's not what faith is. But that's how it changed. We think we belong to an institution. I don't belong to an institution. I belong to our Father. I belong to Yeshua. That's who I belong to. That is where my faith is, not in the institution that I belong to or the denomination or whatever you want to call it. And you know, I've said this many times, we don't, be, we don't belong to any denomination if you want to call it a denomination, we belong to the church of the firstborn. That's the only denomination there should be because that's what the Bible tells us. We belong to the church of the firstborn. But I just want to have a look at the definition of faith. And later on I will, I will 
look at the definition of hope. And when we look at the definition of faith, it actually gives us a much deeper meaning of what faith actually means to you and I. Now, according to Thayer's definition, we see the following, and it is very similar to the Strong's definition. The reason why I like to use the Thayer's definition, because it actually it just explains it a little bit more in depth. Now, the word faith in Greek is the word pistis, and it means the conviction of the truth of anything. Belief in the New Testament of a conviction or a belief, listen carefully, a belief respecting man's relationship to God. So that is what faith is. It is about my relationship with our Father. It is about my relationship with Yeshua. That is what faith is. The deeper my relationship with Him, the deeper my faith will be. It says, and divine things, generally with the with included idea of trust and holy fervor, born of faith and joined with it. And then it gives two separate indications. And the first indication that it gives, it says, relating to God, the conviction that God exists and is the creator and the ruler of all things. It is something that we believe. It is something that we know. It is something that cannot be taken away from us, that He is, well, He says He is, He exists, and that He's the ruler and the creator of all things, the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. Because we get our salvation from our Father, from God, and He gives it to us through the sacrifice that Yeshua came to do for you and I. And then it says, relating to Christ, a strong and welcome conviction or a belief that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Now, we know in Judaism, Judaism also believes in the, in the Old Testament, like we believe in the Old Testament. They, they've got an Old Testament. They call it something different, and they call it the Tanakh in Hebrew. But they don't believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. They believe in God, but they don't believe in, in Yeshua as the Messiah. They believe the Messiah is still to come. They've missed it. They've completely missed it. And we've, we've got the, the opportunity to show them who Yeshua really is. But are we making use of that opportunity to show them who Yeshua really is? So relating to Christ, a strong and welcome conviction or belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. That is what faith is. That is a good description of what faith is. So faith is a firm conviction that God is real, that He exists, that He is our Savior and our hope, and that His Word is the absolute truth. There cannot be any other absolute truth but the Word of God. That is our only absolute truth. And I hear, you know, some of the philosophers will tell you there is no such thing as absolute truth. Oh, yes, there is. It is called the Word of God. That is our absolute truth. The problem is, if we have even the slightest doubt in who Father is, listen to me carefully, then we have no faith. If you doubt God, there cannot be any faith. And it reminds me of some of the religious leaders recently in the U.S., in America. And it, I, I suppose it happens all over the, the world, but I think uh, they, they're more in the news, and that's why we hear about them more often. 
In the past few years, we've seen that many prominent leaders have denounced their faith, many of them in the U.S. The most recent is a preacher, and this preacher was an apologetic. I don't know if you know what an apologetic is. It's somebody who defends the word. So he was in a position to defend the word of God. So if you said to him, God doesn't exist, he would defend it. He will tell you and he will show you from the word of God that he really is and that he really exists. And he, they would use all sorts of other things as well to show you that God exists. So he was a preacher and apologetic and he was a worshiper. And what did he do in January? He denounced his faith. And in January, he was saying that he no longer believes what he preaches. And he said that since... 1914, he started having doubts about God and who God is. He developed doubts and uncertainty about the truthfulness of the Bible. And the moment we do that, the moment we develop doubt in the truthfulness of the Bible, our faith is taken away from us, our faith is gone. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, when we get to that position, we have absolutely no relationship with God. That's why it happens. Because if you have a true relationship, if you, if you have an intimate relationship with God, nothing can take your faith away. Nothing. And all you have to do is you can go and read the books about the martyrs of, of the old time who died for their belief, and they didn't care for, for dying. It's like Paul said. He knows where he's going to be when he dies. You see, we cannot allow ourselves to doubt, to doubt the Word, to doubt God. Because once we get into the states, or into the state, our faith is gone. And that is exactly what Hebrew 11 verse 1 is all about. It's about true conviction and true confidence in God and in Yeshua and in His Word that the Word is the truth. If we read a little bit further in Hebrews 11 verse 6, we see this verse. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is. And that word is, that He is is that He exists, even though we can't see Him. But He exists. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, if you need to see God to believe in Him, then there's absolutely no need for faith. Because I don't have to believe in the chair. I see it. It's there. See, that is what faith is about. And I know we cannot see God, but let me tell you this. We can experience Him and we can see the effect of Him. How do we see Him? We see it in the healings and the miracles that we have witnessed. We see it when people are transforming, when they change from being this person to a new man, to a new person. That is where we see the effect of God in their lives. I compare it to gravity. We cannot see gravity. Has anybody here seen gravity? No. We cannot see gravity. But we can experience the effect of it. We can experience gravity because if I get onto the roof and I jump off the roof, I'm definitely going to fall on the ground. So do we see the effect of, of, of gravity? Absolutely. Do we know that it exists? Yes, definitely. It is the same with God. The fact that you decide not to believe in it does not make it untrue. The same applies to our Creator and our Savior and our Father. We give 
absolute recognition to the fact that his substitutionary death and his physical resurrection was real. It was absolutely true. We recognize that it took place. You know what concerns me at the moment is that when you listen to some of the theologians, they are trying to tell you that the, that the, that the crucifixion never took place. It was a spiritual thing. It wasn't spiritual. He died on a cross. Nails went through his arms and his legs. A spear was stuck into his side. He shed his blood for you and I. Because if that did not take place, there is no such thing as, as salvation. Cannot be. Because salvation can only happen through what Yeshua did for you and I on the cross. What he physically did for you and I on the cross. See, we've got to recognize his substitutionary death and his physical resurrection. And then we, have, we, we need to fully trust in his death and resurrection for our salvation. Because it is the only way that you and I can be saved. James comes and he makes an important statement about doubting our faith. And this is very, this was really amazing to me. James 1 verse 5 to 8. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. So if you need some wisdom, ask the Lord for it. He will give it to you. When you read the Bible and you don't understand, you pray and you say, Father, let your Holy Spirit show me what this means. Let your, your Holy Spirit reveal your word to me and he will do it. Father, give me wisdom to understand the Bible and he will do it. But most people just open the Bible and read something. I don't understand what it says. And they close the Bible and they don't read it again. You see, because we don't, we're not busy diligently seeking Him. I'm just going to read from verse 6 again. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And you know what this word tossed mean? It means that he is troubled, restless, and impatient. That's what it means. Verse 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded or a doubting man is unstable in all his ways. So we cannot allow any of this in our lives. We cannot allow doubt in our, in our lives. Because the moment we do that, it will diminish our faith. It will take our faith away. You see, to believe in Father and have absolute faith, you need to know Him. You need to have an intimate relationship with Him. You will fall away from the faith if you lack the knowledge of who He is and what He has planned for your life. And it's through relationship that we build confidence and we build conviction. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear, and I just want to stop for a moment because this is not fear, being afraid. This means respect, reverence, and devoutedness. That's what it means, devoutness to God. So the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the moment we understand, we have more knowledge, or we have more knowledge, we understand. And it's therefore evident that faith begins with knowledge of God, and a knowledge of God is followed by a better understanding of who He truly is. Our understanding of God is then therefore followed by belief in Him, and belief in Him is followed by faith and trust. And that trust is the same word as hope. 
It is the verb of what hope is. So when we talk about hope and we look at trust, it is, it is basically what we do when we trust in Him. So if you want more faith, get to know God. It's that simple. Know who He is. Know His character. Understand who He is. Understand what he's, he, how, how much love He has towards you and I. But we can only do that through the Word of God if we study the Bible. 1 Peter 1 verse 19 to 21 says the following. It says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believers in God, that, or do, by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory. Now listen to this statement. That your faith and hope might be in God. So our faith and hope needs to be in God. And that brings us to the word, or the second word in our belief foundation, which is hope. So what is hope? Let's just examine this word, and it is quite interesting to me. Remember what I said to you when we looked at, when we looked at the word faith and the definition of faith, and I gave you the Greek word for, for faith. It was the word pistis. And it is interesting that the Greek word of hope sounds very similar to this word, to this word pistis, because if we look at the word, word hope, it's the word elpis. So it sounds very similar. Why? Because it is interlinked. It is connected to one another. And it says there, from elpo, which is a primary word, listen carefully, to anticipate, usually with pleasure. And when I walked in here this morning and some of the other people who saw me this morning said, yeah, we can see you going on holiday. Why? Because I was anticipating with pleasure that we're going to leave just now to go on a, a two-week holiday. That's actually hope. Do I know it's true? Yes, I do. Am I going to get in my car and drive off? Yes, I am. That's hope. Carries on. It says, expectation, abstract or concrete, or confidence. And then it links the two words in this meaning. It says faith and hope. And then it says, in the Christian sense, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And that to me is probably best describes the word hope. Joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And then it says, hope is also the author, the author of hope. So who is that? That is Yeshua. So if you look at this word alpus, it also refers to Yeshua, who is the author of our hope. Or he who is its foundation, the thing hoped for. And let me, if you read this definition, it is not wishful thinking. You know, we, we, I hope something will happen, but I'm not really sure. So this definition has a far more in-depth meaning than what we mostly regard as the definition of hope. And sometimes, you know, when we think of hope, we think that, you know, when I hope for something, we're not really sure if it is actually going to happen, but I'm still hoping that it will. Now, 
I know for a fact that I'm going to George, well, in the George region, we, we're going to, to two areas in the, in the Southern Cape. I call it the Southern Cape. I don't know why they call it the Western Cape, because it's not the Western Cape. But it's, uh, we're going to the Southern Cape. I know for a fact that I'm going there on holiday. But I tell you what, and most of you who know me very well know that I hope that one day I will be able to live in George in the Southern Cape. I really hope that I will. Whether that will happen is really uncertain and probably very unlikely. But I'm still hoping that I will. You see, that's not the hope that it talks about in the Bible. It's not the same with the biblical definition of hope. Because biblical, the biblical definition of hope is built on our faith. It's something that we know. I don't have any doubts about it. Hope is the earnest anticipation that comes from believing something good. Hope is a confident expectation that naturally stems from faith. It is based on faith. It is built on my faith. And that is why hope and faith are so closely related. Hope is a peaceful assurance that something that, is, that hasn't happened yet will indeed happen. I don't have to, to be concerned or doubt it. It will happen. And if we carefully analyze the definition of hope, we see that it is related to Yeshua's sacrifice. Why is it related to his sacrifice? It is so that you and I can experience eternal life. It is not based on, on you, but it is based on him. So hope is never about you. It's all about him. Because my hope is in Yeshua. It is in him. And we can be confident. We can be assured that it will happen. If we conform to the expectations of Abba Father. Because there is an expectation. Paul confirms this when he writes in Titus 2 verse 11 to 14. He says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I want to reiterate this because this is really crucial, really important. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. This is the expectation that you and I, as followers of Yeshua, as children of God, as believers, this is how we're supposed to live. This is what you and I should do with our lives. And then he says in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you this. Will God appear and will Jesus appear again? Yes, this will happen. It is an absolute truth. Whether you believe it or not, it is going to happen. And here's the thing. The moment you die, you will meet him. He will appear to you. So this is an absolute truth. Verse 14 says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So when we look at that first part, that it describes hope, and verse 14 describes faith. The hope and the trust that we have in Yeshua, therefore, has nothing to do with wishful thinking. 
the hope we have in Him is a faithful desire joined with anticipation, expectation, and confidence in our blessed salvation because that is what we receive the moment we give our lives to Him. Our hope is Yeshua. And therefore we can know with confidence and expectation that He died for our sins. And through His blood, He reconciled us with Father. And through His resurrection, He assured us of eternal life. Something that you and I know for sure. It is truth. It is an absolute truth for those who believe in Him. Paul states in Romans 15 verse 13, he says this. He says, now the God of hope. So why do you and I receive hope from Him? Because He is the God of hope. It is part of His character, and that's why He bestows it on you and I. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy, uh, the Holy Ghost. So what do we see here? Is that we receive the hope from the Holy Spirit. It's not something that comes from ourselves. It actually comes from the Holy Spirit because it is the hope of God that He gives to us. He bestows that hope of God into you and I. And this means that Father is the one who inspires and produces the hope within each and every believer. And when we just read verse 12, I didn't, I didn't put it on the, on the screen for you, but if you go and read verse 12, Paul says that in Father shall the Gentiles trust. And that word trust is that same word or, or a very similar word to what I've, I mentioned before. And this word trust is the Greek word elpizo. Remember what the verb was or what the, what the, uh, the word was earlier? Elpis. And elpis becomes elpizo, it's something that you and I have to do. It is something that, that, that we need to, um, to actually take action on. And it says trust, but it also means hope. Hope in what? Or trust in what? Trust or hope in the truth of our salvation. That's what you and I need. And when we receive the hope of Father through His Son Yeshua, we can believe and have faith in the promise that He has made to you and I. And what is that promise? That promise is the promise of salvation. It is the promise of eternal life. John writes in John 1 verse, or, or uh, 1 John 3 verse 1 to 3. He writes the following. He says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And you can read in there the sons and the daughters of God. It's like I said many times, you know, sometimes we read the word sons in the Bible, the sons of God, and then the women say, but what about me? Well, if I can be a bride of Christ, you can be a son of God. So, let's do that again. Behold, what manner, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we, He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that has this hope in Him purifies himself even as He is pure. So what does it say to us? You and I, while we are here on earth, needs to go through a purification process. We need to purify ourselves. It is called sanctification. 
So once when we receive salvation, we go through a process of sanctification so that we can purify ourselves to be like He is. You see, faith and hope are complementary. They support one another. And as I said in the beginning, they form part of our foundation or part of the foundation of our belief system. Faith is grounded in the reality of the past. Hope is looking to the reality of the future. But both is real. Both is true. Both can be an expectation. Both is a conviction. You see, without faith, there is no hope. And without hope, there is no true faith. Believers are people of faith and hope. That's what you and I are supposed to be. And Paul said in Titus 1 verse 2 that we have the hope of eternal life which God who does not lie promised before the beginning of time. That is what hope is. And what an amazing promise that you and I have received from, a, from Father. So what do you and I need to do? We need to have faith in God. Have faith in Yeshua. Enter into His presence with boldness, trusting in His word. Hold on to your faith and hold on to your hope. And hope will keep you alive and your faith will please God and you will have joyful confidence in your salvation. Why do we need to do that? It is because Yeshua is our hope. Colossians 1 verse 26 to 27 says the following, Even the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to His saints, to whom God would make known what is the richest of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, those are you and I. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of His mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And may our faith abound so that we can have this mystery manifest in our lives. That Yeshua, who chose to live within us, will also be our hope of glory. May faith, hope, and then the third one that comes with that, love. May faith, hope, and love be the foundation that your belief is built upon. Because without that, we will be lost. Without faith and hope, we will not know Father. We will not know why we're here. And we won't have the joy of the promise of salvation. And we won't have the joy of the promise of an internal life with Him. And may that be true for each one of you. Amen. Abba Father, Lord, we, yeah, we just praise and honor you this morning. Father, thank you that through your word, you have given us a better understanding of what faith and hope is. Thank you, Father, for your love that you have poured out upon us. Thank you, Abba Father, that we can love you and also that we can know you. That we can know, Lord, it's the absolute truth that you exist, that you are our creator but you are also our savior, our protector. You are our provision. You are our protection. 
And thank you that we can know that Yeshua came so that we can have hope. That our hope is not wishful thinking, but that our hope is based and founded on Yeshua, our Messiah. We honor you and we praise you for that. In the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.